Three. Yo, yo, what's up? This is Rafael Barlow from NBA Big Board, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about some of the players that I think could be steals in the second round of the 2022 NBA Draft. As of now, these players did not make the first round cut on my last mock draft, but these are the guys that I think could possibly outperform their draft position, and that is if they are selected in the second round. Stay tuned. Thank you for making NBA Big Boy your first listen of the day. We are free and we are available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Rafael Barlow. I am the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. I have just completed my second week taking over the NBA Big Board podcast. Well, after today, after this episode, I have just completed my second week. My five days a week doing podcasts is not as easy as it sounds, but it's definitely something that I'm thankful for this opportunity just to talk basketball. And thank you to everybody that has been listening, tuning in, downloading. I really, really appreciate it. All right, so earlier in the week, I did my mock draft 1.0 for NBA Big Board. And I had a few guys that I felt like were first round talents that didn't necessarily make my cut, but they could possibly be in my first round on my next mock draft. Because to be honest with you, I feel like with this draft class, there's not much of a difference. At least I feel like it. There's not much of a difference between being picked 15 through 35, maybe even 40. I, I just think that it, it's pretty fluid after, right after the lottery. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Somebody like Jake Laravia, right? Right now, I have him at number 32. But if he ends up being like the 16th or 17th pick or, or somewhere in the 20s, I don't think that would be too much of a shocker, especially since I just found out this week that his age has been wrong. He's only 20 years old. And for those that don't know, Jake LaRavia is this Swiss army knife guy from Wake Forest that checks a lot of boxes. He can shoot, he can defend, he rebounds, he passes, and he just has like this versatility at 6'8 that is definitely coveted in NBA wing. I think his stock can rise over the next few weeks. If all goes well, I'm going to just throw it out there. If all goes well, I will be going to visit him in some workouts later on, You know, maybe within the next week or so. So I'm really looking forward to that. He is someone that I didn't know a whole lot about coming into this season. He had a huge breakout season at Wake Forest. And just like the guy that I'm going to talk about next, his teammate, Alondis Williams, I am a huge Alondis Williams fan. I think that he is a first-round talent. I don't think that he'll go in the first round simply because teams are going to hold his age against him. He is... I mean, I think he's ready to play right now. And I have him at number 33 going to the Toronto Raptors. And I don't think that there's too many coaches that can maximize the talents and the strengths of their guards like Nick Nurse. Way back in the day when Nick was a coach for the Iowa Energy in the G League, back then it was called the D League, maybe even called the NBADL at the time. But Nick Nurse always had a point guard that was ranked near the top of the league as far as like being an MVP. He always has found ways to maximize the strength of his point guard. And again, 
I'm a big Alondis Williams guy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a, a poor man's Darren Williams. Has the size, the strength, footwork, has offensive creativity. There are some concerns about his three-point shooting. I think shooting is the easiest thing to fix. But considering that he is 23 or, or, or I think he'll be 24 on draft day, some may say that he's closer to being who he is as a shooter. But I think that he is a, a, a talent that, I mean, if you look back at it, like, transferring from Oklahoma to Wake Forest was a life-changing decision for him. I mean, I think it was the, the best decision that he can make. I mean, he goes from playing like 18 minutes a game at OU to ACC Player of the Year. Again, I think he's a first-round talent. And in my opinion, he is the best passer in this draft. As far as like vision, I mean, the, some of the passes that he makes, I mean, he's a high-risk, high-reward passer. Loves to throw the skip pass, but I think that he is one of the 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 top point guards in this draft, and I think he's someone that is definitely going to outplay his draft position. Another guy that I like is Bryce McGowan's from the University of Nebraska. I'm born and raised in Nebraska. I'm a Husker fan, and Bryce was one of the lone bright spots for Nebraska this year. I think that he has the tools to be a three-level scorer. He He's a shot maker. And one of the things that I like about McGowan's is that he has already mastered the art of drawing fouls. I think that's usually one of the last steps in the development of being a great scorer. And despite the fact that he is rail thin, he's super confident, he's aggressive, and he finds ways to get to the bucket and get to the foul line. The shooting percentages weren't that great, but I think that they can improve especially with a like a reduced role in the NBA. He won't be expected to carry an offense like he did in Nebraska. And also, he's a pretty good free throw shooter. So the form looks good. The, the touch on the free throw shooting is, is good. So I definitely think that he can end up being a much better shooter than his numbers project. Another player that I don't have in my first round, that I think could possibly outplay his draft position. And I got to make sure I'm going to say this name correctly. Walker Kessler. Is it me or do I want to call him Kessler Walker? I mean, it's, it's, it's been confusing me. Actually, I know what it is, but right when I'm about to say the name, it's like something in my brain scrambles it up. But Walker Kessler, he already has a defined position, a defined role. He is an elite rim protector. I mean, he was blocking shots at just a, I mean, a historic pace this year. But he does show some flashes of offensive game. I remember watching his high school highlights. And, of course, you got to take high school highlights with a grain of salt because they are highlights. And nobody has ever missed a shot on the highlight tape. But I feel like there's still some offensive skill set that he has not been able to unlock. Didn't really get a chance to at North Carolina last year. Showed a little bit of flashes this year. But if he can stretch the floor a little bit and shoot threes like he did on his high school tape. Again, I know it was a high school tape. I didn't do the research and check out the percentages. So, of course, he could have been like three for 19 for the season. And it was only the three threes that he made that were on the tape. But, again, I still think that he does have some offensive game that he has not been able to show. 
And then the last player, before I get into the break that I think can outperform his draft position, is J.D. Davidson. I have him going number 40 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. He is this explosive athlete. He's an electric finisher at the rim that I think can thrive in the NBA as a downhill slasher with NBA spacing. Now, he's more so known for his scoring, but I think he's a decent passer that has decent vision. The problem is he turns the ball over at a high rate. If he can cut down on his turnovers, maybe slow down a little bit, play with a little bit more pace, then I think that he has a legit chance of being an NBA starter. He rebounds. I think that he is someone that can be a triple-double threat because he's such a good rebounder for guard. But the jump shot is also an issue. It's a working process, process, and if he can become a more efficient jump shooter and cut down on his turnovers and improve his decision-making, then I think his potential and upside is off the charts. Think that Even though it's one game, I felt like the game against Gonzaga was a game where he showcased what he is capable of. And maybe if he returns to school, I, I don't think so, but if maybe if he returns to school and they have the keys to the offense next year, then he could make the Jaden Ivey jump to where he could be a top 10 pick next year if he returns to school. And like I've been saying all week on the podcast, this NIL money is a game changer. And in some cases, if you're not going to be a guaranteed first-round pick, maybe, depending on your school, and if you got a great NIL agent, you can make more money staying in school and improve your draft stock. So that could be an option for J.D. Davidson, but it's just going to depend on his feedback. All right, when we return, I'll talk about a few more players that I think could outperform their draft position, and that is if they are selected in the second round, which I have them. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you about True Bill. Now, if you don't know about True Bill, True Bill is going to help you save money. Because these free trials that you have, they renew without your consent. And that's because it's a business scam to get you. Do not let the greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you do not need, want, or you simply forgot about. On the average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. And... That's just because these companies make these subscriptions hard to cancel. I know I have some that are hard to cancel, and Truebill makes it incredibly simple. If you just link your accounts, Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions, so you do not have to. Truebill has saved users over $100 million. Can you believe that? $100 million in unwanted subscriptions. So do not fall for the subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA, and it can save you thousands of dollars per year. And if you're like me, you need every single penny. I know I need every little penny, especially because I have a little one on the way. So need to save my money and shout out to True Bill for helping me cancel some bills. All right, now let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar has these amazing puffs. If you have not tried them, you are missing out. And the puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They taste like a marshmallow, but it's not just your typical protein bar. It is a treat. And it is covered with 100% real chocolate. 
and the puffs have been a fan favorite. They have flavors like coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. And again, let me repeat this. They are 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs included are 100% real chocolate. So I had to say it three times to let you know. They're 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. They can replace your candy bars because they are better and they are healthier. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But if you go to build.com and you scroll down on their macros chart, you'll see that most built bars are 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, if you compare that to your candy bar, it's 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, and the candy bars don't always have the flavors like built bar. Built bar has mint brownie, coconut almond, and this month they have the white chocolate cookies and cream. Very delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. And if they think of a flavor that would be good, they'll make it and then they'll figure out a way to make it healthy. Their, their Built Bar's game plan is make it delicious first, healthy second. Don't know how they do it, but they do it every time. So check it out. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. And you will get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off at Built.com. All right, once again, thank you for making the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I, I really appreciate it. So does my, my co-host. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It gives you nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free, and it is available wherever you get your podcast. and it's also on YouTube for those that actually want to watch the video. All right, so I left off with J.D. Davison, another player that I am high on that could possibly be in the first round is Jalen Williams from Arkansas. He emerged as a legit NBA prospect in his sophomore season. He averaged just a shade under a double-double, but I think like the skill set that separates him from some of the other centers in this draft is his passing but don't get me wrong, he is a capable scorer. He had the luxury of playing against Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro in the NCAA tournament. And in the two games that he you know, faced Bancaro and Holmgren, or should I say Duke and Gonzaga, he averaged 17 points, 11 boards, and three assists per game in those two games in the NCAA tournament. So he put up good numbers, and he, he uh, performed when the lights were on. He also has some potential as a three-point shooter. I think if he can continue to space the floor, I think he could be a really, really good weapon for a team. All right, Abu Baji. So if you are not familiar with me as a, a draft analyst or me as my work, for the last 12 months, I have been hyping up Abu Baji. So, and, and Abu Baj, I did a video on him last summer, and I called him the biggest high-risk, high-reward player in the draft. So I, I, I'll give you the why I like Abu Baji so much. 7'1", 7'8", wingspan, incredible vertical pop. He's bouncy, has elite-level athleticism. There may not be... 10 players in the world with his physical profile as far as his athleticism, his length, and, I mean, the physical tools are there. 
I do think that he could look better in NBA spacing as a a shot blocker, a rim runner. Now, the first time I saw him play was summer 2019. He was like 16 years old. And I just remember seeing how quick he got off the ground. And my comparison was like a more athletic Rudy Gobert. Well, fast forward, it is 2022. He is a fringe second-round pick. I still remain high on him. But it's concerning that he has not improved much at all since the first time I saw him at 16. I really thought that whenever he was eligible for the draft, he was going to be the number one pick. He just hasn't improved. There are some concerns about his feel. Um, I I actually spoke to a few people that know him well from former coaches to scouts in in Spain. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's concerns about his feel. He's still raw. And the lack of development over the last few years is concerning. But I do think if he goes into the right situation, and if he decides to lock in and say, I want to be great, he could be a starting center in the NBA and an all-star. But it's just a matter of improving his feel. I think that he could be one of these guys that, that he's just so naturally gifted, so naturally talented that things come easy to him. So maybe he doesn't put in the work. Maybe uh, he's a late bloomer and and, and he just hasn't been able to process the game as fast. But he does rely heavily on natural talent. I think he is worth the risk. I finally moved him out of my first round. He had been like on my first round for the last two years. I thought he was someone that a team should take a, a chance on. Now, I think if he's in a system where it's like free flowing, where he can just run up and down the floor block shots, I think that he would thrive. He may struggle a little bit playing in like a a very structured system, which is why maybe he hasn't dominated over in Europe like I would have expected. But I think, again, he has all the physical tools. Put him in a team like, let's say, Houston this year. They're running up and down the floor. I, I think he could be like this exciting, at the very minimum, I think he could be like Mitchell Robinson. But again, the sky's the limit. I seem to be higher on him than most. But I think Abu Baji has a chance to really outperform his draft position. Another player that I like, really like, is Mateo Spaniolo. I've had a chance to watch him play live this year. And he had a very, very good game. The game I went to see. It's probably one of his best games of the season. 6-4, can handle the ball has like the shot creativity and offensive creativity that I like in a point guard, even though, uh, and and I don't want to make this seem to be like a stereotype, but a lot of international players, especially point guards are, you know, they, they play in a system, they play the right way in a sense, but Spaniolo has a little bit of flavor to his game. He has the step back in his game. He has a little bit of flash and flair. He does show some, Again, offensive creativity off the bounce. And one of the things that I, or one of the concerns I had about him coming into the season was I didn't know if he was a, a like a real point guard. Or I, didn't, I didn't know if he was a, a good passer or playmaker. And I had some doubts about the three-point shooting. Well, he has definitely quieted those concerns this year. He makes some incredible passes. The three-point shooting is there. And, I mean, he he is very confident in himself. And sometimes when you have a player that's really confident, you end up with someone that's going to take tough shots. I like Spaniolo. 
I really like him a lot. And then the last player that I want to get into before I get into the break is another Italian, and it is Gabriel Poshida, who is probably, in my opinion, I shouldn't say probably, in my opinion, he's the most athletic prospect in this draft coming from the international class. Has all the physical tools to be a 3 and D shooter in today's NBA, shooting over 50% from the floor, 40% from three. He is someone that I, I just see filling a role as a three-point shooter, defender, and transition finisher. And I'm, I'm high on him also. I think that the future is bright in Italy as far as like the national team. You figure with Spaniolo, you got Prashida, you got Paolo Bancaro, who I think is supposed to be on the team. You got Nico Mannion. Italy has done a, a good job in, in producing players lately. All right, before I get into the last segment, I want to talk to you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something that you will not find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. So give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It is simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. It is exclusive for our listeners. Again, exclusively just for our listeners. If you head to ShadyRays.com and use the code LOCKEDON, you get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. The coat locked on for the best deals. Again, use the coat locked on. You can get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. 50% off. And Shady Rays has been backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. So go to ShadyRays.com. Check it out. All right, another couple of players before I wrap it up that I have in the second round that I think have a chance to outperform their draft position or, or where I have them at. I mean, again, I could be totally wrong. One guy that I like is Andrew Nimhart. I have Nimhart going to the Washington Wizards. He's a big guard. He's a terrific passer. And he is what I call a table setter that can stabilize the offense. I think that he could have a long career as a backup point guard in the NBA. Maybe even similar to the Jones brothers. Tyus Jones is, I mean, had a, a great season. And Nimhart is is someone that I, I think that you can bring in off the bench. Maybe like a Monty Morris type guy. And the big issue going into Nimhart's last year in college was the shooting. And he bumped it up to a respectable 38% from three. And he shot 38% on four attempts per game. So I think if he can continue to progress as a shooter, then it would definitely help him uh, as, you know, solidify a role as, as I think a backup point guard. But one thing about Nimhart is consistent. You can almost pencil him in on the college level for nine points, five assists per game. It's like from his freshman year all the way to his last year. He seemed to just be at nine points, five assists. But this year, the three-point shooting is, is, I mean, he just made a significant in, increase as a three-point shooter. All right, Caleb Love. Caleb Love is one of the more polarizing prospects in this draft. 
You do not know what you're going to get from Caleb Love on a nightly basis. He could go off for 30, or he could go for 10 on <laughs> 3 of 15 shooting. I mean, it, it, it's like feast or, or famine with Caleb Love. Now, he's coming off like this up-and-down sophomore season where there were games like he looked like you know, a lottery pick. I mean, I can think back to the game against Duke in the Final Four or the game against UCLA, but then there was a game against Baylor earlier in the tournament where I think he was like one for six and had like six turnovers. Then in the, the, the you know, the game against Kansas, he, he really struggled. But you got to love the confidence. No matter how bad he's shooting, he believes the next shot is going in. So I think there could be a role for him as like this microwave score that comes off the bench and provides instant offense and excels as like your, your primary option off the bench. Another guy that I like is Hugo Besson. Hugo was French. He played for the New Zealand Breakers last year. He's like this, like Caleb Love in a sense. He's an uber confident shot maker. He is wired to score. Now he is streaky. He, he is a guy that can get really hot and sometimes the confidence can lead to some questionable shots, but he can play both guard spots. And he is a sneaky good athlete. Like when you when you watch him, he's not gonna wow you with like this incredible explosive blow. Like he's not a JD Davidson, but he's a sneaky good athlete. Knows how to get to a spot. So I think that he would be a good pick in the second round. And then I'm gonna wrap it up here. Travion Williams. Now. I feel bad for Trevion Williams. And the reason I feel bad for him is because he was just born at the wrong time. If this were 2002, we're talking about a top 10 pick, maybe even top five. He's this old school throwback center. He has a high skill level, soft touch around the rim. I mean, it's like the, he's like the, the physical wide body, like you can't get around him to, like, if he's fronting, if you're trying to front him, you can't front him. Again, if he were born in, like, 1979 or 1980, and this was the 2002 draft, top five pick. And what I forgot to mention is that he is an incredible passer. He's not just a good passer for a center. He has the feel of a guard. But since it is 2022... And not 2002, he's probably going to be a second round pick. I think the big key for him is if he can stretch the floor. If he can, I think he has good touch around the basket, but if he can stretch the floor and, you know, just be someone that is a threat to knock down open shots, then I think that he has a really good chance of sticking in the league. I think it's all going to depend on the outside shooting because he does handle the ball pretty well. Not saying like he's this great athlete, but if he can knock down open shots and force teams to close out on him a little bit, then he could make some passes that we don't really see out of traditional centers. So I like Travion Williams. I think that fit is going to be important for him. But again, if he gets in a good situation and can knock down jumpers, then I think that we're talking about a guy that can play 10 years in the NBA. All right, well, that wraps it up. I just gave you a list of guys that I think are second-round picks that could outperform their draft position. So 
if you agree or disagree with any of the names on this list or you feel like I forgot somebody, hit me up. I'm on Twitter, Barlow500, B-A-R-L-O-W-E-500, or you can comment on this video. I, I enjoy debates because at this point, none of us are really right or wrong about a prospect. We're all just using our opinions. If we all knew and was 100% sure a guy would pan out or a guy is going to be a star, then I mean, we'd probably all be making millions of dollars because even the guys that are making millions of dollars aren't getting it right all the time. So thank you so much. But before I go, I want to thank you again for checking out the NBA Big World Podcast. But now, I would suggest you check out the Locked On NBA Podcast because they are doing an excellent job of covering the playoffs. I mean, they've been there since the first jump ball of the playing tournament, and they'll be covering the playoffs all the way into the last possession of the NBA Finals. The Locked On experts will take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis that are affecting all 30 teams. And this year's playoffs, so far they've been great. I mean, we've dealt with some injuries. You know, Booker's out. Uh, Chris Middleton seems to be out. You've got the whole drama going on in, in Brooklyn. Is Ben Simmons going to play, even though he's scheduled to play today? I mean, this so, so far these playoffs have, have been very entertaining. Right now, I mean, it's just tough to see. Tough to predict which teams are going to go to the finals, even though Golden State looks pretty good out west. Boston looks good. I mean, it's going to be an exciting finals. But anyway, once again, this is Rafael Barlow, NBA Big Board, that actually the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. Hope everyone has a great Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I'll be back on Monday. And I am out.